Uh, hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the TCG Shows podcast. Uh, unfortunately, Colin um, was running it kind of solo in the beginning. Uh, I was running late. Uh, Joey was out, and um, Colin didn't run some of the checks that we usually run uh, to make sure all the audio was recording correctly. So we kind of lost about the first 11 minutes of the podcast, uh, which is unfortunate, but uh, it includes a, a segment where we talked to Ryan Miles, who was a guest on the podcast this week. And uh, he kind of went over some of the content he's been creating. Um, we talked about it again a little bit later, but um, unfortunately, there's a bit of an in-depth conversation that was missed uh, revolving around his content and stuff like that. Uh, but rather than jump in, we kind of moved to the main subject of the podcast, which is the, the GP that recently passed about a week or two ago. Um, but yeah, so you go ahead and check it out. Here we go. Recording my mic this entire time, I just realized, so that's fine. That's that's fine. <laughs> it's uh, it's on Twitch, so, so yeah, 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 it's on download Twitch. it. <laughs> Like just uh, it's on Twitch, but you can't hear him. <laughs> well, his audio is there. You you just gotta use the hard yeah, right? It's good now. It's good now. Um, I, I have you guys' audio not being recorded. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm doing this right. Um. So yeah. So I guess that's a since Oscar's joining, it's a good point to jump into the GP. So you attended the most recent GP. So just as a general sense, how how uh, how was it the. Uh, first gp in a while and probably the last one for a long time yeah probably <laughs> um it was really cool i was a little bit worried about you know coronavirus concerns but the venue was absolutely massive we had i think 62 players and you know we had a couple people tagging around that were just like you know there for the experience and not really playing so probably about 70 people in the room um and there was enough room in there for like two to three hundred i want to say probably 250 mm. uh if we like had tables like filled up but there was Plenty of room between tables, plenty of room between like seats where people were actually playing. Um, really not a concern at all. Everyone was wearing masks. Um, n- nobody was trying to be a hero of like, oh, but my rights. It's like, nope, we're here to play a card game. We're all going to do our best to keep it safe, which was really cool. <clears throat> um, and yeah, it was just really good to have physical cardboard in my hand playing cards again, honestly. It was just a, a really good time. And I played against a lot of interesting decks, and it was, it was just good, man. It felt so good playing cards again. Yeah, that I was bet. one. I've been waiting. I've been waiting to hold cards in hand and play a game. Oh, yeah. and play <laughs> I'll play on. Well, the, the pre-release was a nice little thing <laughs> where I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a." Uh, even though it was still for webcam and stuff, just being able to like shuffle cards and play them out and stuff, I was like, "Oh, it's been a while since I've done this." As <laughs> uh, kind of nice, um, and, and you got to do it for a whole day. A whole day, I did, and then I actually played Wander on day two as well, so I got to do it for two oh. days. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. So you uh, actually went through and uh, ended up getting to top eight. Mm-hmm. So how was the overall? How, well, I guess first, what deck were you running? Uh, <clears throat> you, you named a couple pieces of it, but yeah, I was playing um, the the exact same deck as Derek, who ended up getting third place. We were playing uh, mm-hmm. Runehild with Kagia, Awakening of the Winged Lord, um, Sigurd Altar, and that's pretty much the shell for it uh the idea is that uh, you're playing explore the unknown so you're trying to dig for a calico cat on one or if you're going second you've got 10 green stones and white energize so even if you go second you have turn one kaguya um and you're just trying to counter anything your opponent plays <clears throat> to put your seven seven on board and start hitting them and then the the real what really makes this kaguya deck or what, the, what makes this deck super good um what makes kaguya decks good as a, in general is the mode of awakening of the winged lord which lets you look at the top four cards of your deck and put any two drop permanent essentially into play so basically if you're you, you get to hold open your kaguya mana 
then if your opponent tries to play around Kaguya by playing something that you don't really need to counter, or they play, or they just don't play anything at all, you can use that mana proactively to play Awakening the Winglord. And then Awakening the Winglord can pull in a Sigurd, which can get an altar, and then like, all of a sudden you pull in a Sigurd at instant speed, you get an altar, you still have Kaguya mana for next turn, it's, the game just ends. Um, Farisha ended up being a super, super good card. She costs two mana, so she can come in off of Awakening of the Winglord. Uh, just a bunch of different pieces that are just like utility off of always threatening Kaguya or Awakening into some altar combo piece. And then of course you do play the Athenia and the Sephiroth, so if you ever do, your opponent ever does like tap out and you, they just like try to play something important to force you to Kaguya and they're just like, all right, you countered it, now you get your, your turn in your you know control deck and you're like, oh, well I can just rip your hand apart and draw five cards and that'll be the end of the game. So it's very good at being proactive on our opponent's turn, very good at being reactive. Uh, just it felt like the best deck going into the tournament. Um, Hanzo, I think, ended up winning it though, which was like a very. It just didn't play the Kaguya. It tried to be more proactive. Disgusting, but uh, yeah, it was just Brunhild and counter spells, pretty much. Interesting. Um, and if you guys want to follow along, I'll, I'll try to remember to link below for the uh, uh, Force Will is a official website put up the top eight list. And it's kind of cool because they actually put up uh, links for each of the individual cards in the list, which is kind of nice. It just didn't put the names of people, so uh, you have to sort of... I'm yeah, my deck sure was 8th place and 3rd place. It was the exact same list that me and Derek took, so... Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, so what What were the other decks that made it in top 8? Were they... Because I see that they, they use different rulers and things like that. Are they the... Um, uh, a bunch of different types of decks or is it similar or decks that are different but trying to do the same theme like what what did you kind of see there um i think a lot of people like are very upset as to how similar they look because they see the sigurd and the altar and like oh my god these are all sigurd altar decks and it's like all right well on the one hand yes because there is a combo that exists in new frontiers that if you tap out against it i just get to rip your hand apart of course I'm going to play that in a competitive deck. I'm sorry. Um, but in terms of like the other 30 cards that go into the deck, they actually they felt pretty different. All the Brunhills were pretty similar because they all played Kaguya as the extra supplement to the altar package. Uh, the Rezard decks were pretty cool because they played Lila, um, but they were actually more focused on the card Farisha, which is just a 6-6 six, six flyer with barrier that just rips your opponent's board apart and buffs itself to infinity and then hits you for like 30 in the air. The card's disgusting. <laughs> um, there was a perfect Loki deck that snuck in the top eight um, by Theum Galvez, who I don't think he's ever talked to GP before, and he came up with this Loki deck, and we we're just like, what is going on here? This deck is 44 cards, and he's, a, he's an absolute madman. So it had altar stuff, but it was more focused on doing perfect Loki things. Um, the Hanzo deck that won was playing Lila, like the Rezar decks, and it was a bit more focused on Farisha and also part of True Power. So there, there's a lot of different flavors of support around the altar. It's just like you also have to play the altar because it's the best thing to do. But there was also one Arla deck that snuck into the top eight. Mm. Um, and I think Arla deck would be super, super good. Uh, it was my only loss in Swiss, actually. And it was, I actually played against it twice in Swiss. The first time was Ian, who got fourth place. The second time was Brandon, who I really kind of just like got lucky against him. And that's the only way I was able to win. Like that, the Arla deck is actually super, super good against the Sigurd decks if it uh, opens well. Um, but sometimes it doesn't, so it's hard to be consistent over six rounds when that's your kind of your win condition. Yeah, um, that's pretty interesting. And so, so essentially, it's like uh, they're, they're all have a similar base, but how they build up from that it sounds different. Yeah. Essentially, 
some decks leaned more into you know the Kagia and um, the the Wigan and the Winged Lord to pull out Sigurd at instant speed. Some went more black based with local corruption, Lila, part of true power. It's like kind of one of those, but also the perfect Loki deck was just doing perfect Loki thing. So really a bit <laughs> bit of everything with uh, the top eight for the flavor of alter that you got. Did you? So question. Okay. Is the people who are looking at the list who are just casual players who say, "Oh, top eight wasn't like diverse; it's all the same stuff." Is that just because they're focused in on the Sigurds? And I, I think so. I mean, it is like the most frustrating part about those decks is like if you play against that deck, you have to be ready for them to just go for a Sigurd loop, and you have to have an answer to that. And it's it's not there's no real good way to interact with it because if they like dump the Sigurd with Makage Rea. They just get to play the Sigurd before you can do anything like Morning Angel, right? Because it goes to the graveyard as the chase resolves, and then the player who resolved the Makage Rea now gets priority, and they get to play the Sigurd. And because they're playing the Sigurd, it puts it on the chase, so you can't Morning Angel it. They just get to do it for free. Um, so the the ways that you have to interact with it are Kagia or Arendite. And if like you're playing a Kagia deck, then yeah, you're playing a Kagia deck. Um, the one... Arla deck that we saw in top eight was playing four Arendite in the main deck because that's just like when they play the Sigurd, you Arendite it, they don't get the altar, you get a chance to play the game. Uh, it's certainly frustrating to play against when it's like you, you have to have this answer or you lose because they rip your hand apart. Uh, the only decks that kind of deal with not having a hand are going to be other Divinity decks, which is boring. The best way to play Divinity right now is to play Kagia um, or a J-Ruler focused deck. And the best J-Ruler focused deck is really Arla. So that's the only thing that compete. And that's frustrating when you want to play your machines or you want to play your Melgas Aggro or, or whatever it is. And it's just like, well, my deck is good, but it can't beat having no cards in hand on turn three. So I just have to play something else. And I understand that frustration for sure. But it's just, that's competitive force. Well, right? You have to Liver, liver die by it. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's one of those scenes where it's like uh, it's the mechanic kind of like what we have with time spinning, which where I think the frustration might not necessarily be on the power level of it, but more so that it takes away your ability just to play the game and just lose because you played incorrectly, rather than just like oh you just don't get a chance to play now. Yeah. Is is the comments I was seeing? Is there or did did you encounter that problem of like people were? talking about how it sort of became like solitaire in certain instances or was that sort of a, an outlier scenario where, where those sort of long run on turns that 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 happened because of the different combos um i i don't i, I didn't actually have a problem with time during the event um which is crazy because number one it's me and i think if anyone's been watching <laughs> me play for us will know that i'm a bit of a thinking player um, but I was also playing the combo deck, um, and I was playing a, a reactive variant of it. You know, I, I wasn't trying to like play four Makage Rea and dump a Griffin and just be proactive. I was playing Callstone Pass. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna play Kagias. I'm gonna be reactive. So I'm always like trying to think about what my opponent's gonna do before I take my turns. But then I also have a, a ten minute loop that is going to be my my win condition essentially. And I have to do haiku math on like turn six because I'm playing. Chant of Tranquility, I'm playing Trowel, the Green Giant, because I'm a madman. Like, I have a lot of ways to ramp, so my haiku turns came quicker than normal, but I still, like, time just wasn't really a factor. Um, I think it's because, like, if you put enough, like, reps on the deck, you, you kind of understand what the loop is. Uh, it gets a little bit wonky when your opponent, like, has the opportunity to interact with it, and, like, they've, they've got mana open, basically, and you have to, like, play around what their outs could be, even though you know, depending on what it is, you can still beat it. You just got to be a bit more meticulous with it. 
Um, but I don't think the combo ever got performed against me, and I think I only did it mm. two or three times. Um, and it's just like it exists, but when you're playing at the top level and like you're playing against other good players, you know that the game shouldn't end by the combo because it should never get to a point where someone's allowed to do it. And when someone is allowed to do it, the game ends next turn because you've got no cards in hand. And you and after you have no cards in hand, they perfect lucky you. And after they perfect lucky you, they Athena remove your graveyard. Like there's just no coming back from that. So even though the turn itself takes like ten minutes. If the player knows what they're doing. It's really not that long. It shouldn't be that long. And the game is over, so it's, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good... Because uh, uh, Oscar might have, but uh, or seen it, but I didn't uh, watch the stream, so I didn't get a chance to really see uh, it in action. Uh, uh, so I wasn't sure if that's, like, a consistent thing that was happening or if it's sort of... It can happen, but it's not, a like, a thing that you've got to play every single round that you're you go to a gp or anything like that uh Uh, it's it's weird because it is like like you were saying it is kind of reminiscent of like distortion of time days where like once your opponent resolves that distortion of time the game is over like you're going to lose (laughs) they're going to do it two or three more times you know how it's going to go so everything building up to that is going to be around low writing the first distortion of time and like Using having fair spells, like winning the counter war to not let that happen. So, like, these games kind of play out in a very similar way. It's like my opponent's going to Sigurd into an altar, they're going to try and get an Athenia, they're going to try and replay the Sigurd, they're going to try and do all this stuff, right? So, like, that's what you know is their win condition. That is, like, the actual way that these decks all win the game. They don't play, you know, like a griffin and just hit you in the air three times. Like, that's not how they're winning the game. It is the altar. So, like, you, you know a bit more about like when the game is over and like what you are constantly living in fear of uh but on that note like what's interesting is the rezar decks especially they also play the uh Faricia death scythe combo where you basically have a lot of ways to put cards in your graveyard and then you bring back death scythe uh with its ability and then you discard it to Faricia and you pump your Faricia and then you do it again you do it again and you just hit him for 30 in the air so that was a lot scarier where this deck actually had okay i have to make sure i'm not dying to athenia and losing my entire hand but also this 2020 flyer with barrier cannot hit me two times or else i lose the game that way too so that was definitely scary um so i guess uh out of uh um coming we, we can go over the specifics also if you want to on some of the decks and stuff but uh, what what are your thoughts on the overall uh, coming out of this GP? The overall meta, like like you said, it's they have similar bases, but they sort of branch out from that. Do you think that's a, a pretty good point we're at right now, or do you think it it needs like a, just like an altar ban or something, and then the meta will be like where it needs to be? Like, what are your? Th- I've been seeing a lot of different things from people, so I'm curious what your thoughts are. I, I also want to add to that is like, do you think there's enough data that's been collected off of that's one it. GP yeah, yeah. to make that decision? Um, I don't think there's enough data. I, I kind of want to see another event, um, but in my head, the only two things that matter right now are Alter decks and Kaguya decks, and like maybe Arla. I'm still kind of on the fence because I haven't put enough hours behind it, but like testing against the Bremonts, I was super terrified of Arla. And I'm honestly a little afraid that if you just like ban Alter, ban Kaguya, then Arla's just the deck. But I, I've heard that Arla loses to aggro, but I can't see how because white is just so good against aggro. It's got crystallization, it's got just like premium, premium removal. Um, so like, I, I don't really care if Alter gets banned. I, I've never been playing Kaguya since DBV came out, and I think that card is still just one of the best cards Forceful ever made. Um, so I, I think like, that's another thing that I would want to see go if we do go for the Alter ban. Um, but even then, if it, if at that point, it's just like, uh, I think that the power level underneath of all of that 
is still super, super high. It's just more proactive power instead of reactive power. And I think that makes for easier games, which I like, I really dislike. It's not that I don't like playing Alter, it's just when I'm playing against Alter, my opponent has access to their entire deck, and now I have to play around their entire deck at instant <laughs> speed, no matter how much mana they have open, because that Alter is on the field. And like that really complicates my decision trees, even though I'm not the one with the Alter on the field. And I really don't like when games get that out of hand in terms of um, decisions. So I would like to see the card go for that reason. Kagia, I know the Europeans are very prevalent about, especially the Germans are just like, Kagia is even more of a problem than Alter. And I kind of agree, but I haven't really tested enough to say that that's entirely true, so. Yeah, and at least with uh, like Alter especially, we do have, uh, granted not on the current meta, but we do have, it's been around for a while and it's not the, the, the first time it's been a problem yeah. child. So I could definitely see them uh, going for at, at minimum just getting rid of Alter and then and then seeing how it goes from there. Uh, if they do do a ban list, we still don't know if uh, if they'll cause they they haven't done any bans I believe since um, Distortion uh, of Time. We, I think. What was that? I think it was since Distortion of Time and uh, Spirit Stone back in uh, yeah over a year ago. Um, yeah, because they've only done Errata since then, and that was just. Uh, you know, erratas of typo or different things like that, not like, oh, this card's too strong or anything yeah. like that. Um, so I'll be curious to see if there, there's any reaction to this or if they'll wait for another GP or something like that and go from there. Uh, but we don't know when the next GP will be, so it might be <laughs> yeah. irrelevant at that point because this next set looks like it has the, the possibility oh to be kind of bonkers. So we'll it see, really we'll does. One, one thing I have heard some people talking about is instead of... Um, you know, banning Alter, banning Kaguya, uh, is doing an early rotation and just rotating out uh, basically DBV, but also the rest of the new Valhalla stuff, um, and only playing with the, uh, the stuff from the set. And I am inclined to believe that Prissia is still very, very strong, or Prissia and Melgus. Um, Super Burning Beast Rush just has no counter, and uh, Melgus's Sword Art, the one that you can burn for a thousand, you sacrifice your whole board. You know what I'm talking about, that card? It's just very, very fast in, in the format. Um, yeah. I'm kind of worried about those decks, but I haven't played enough of the format to really know if that's if that's truly unbalanced or not. Um, but that's an option too, actually. I, I don't think I'd mind that if the next Grand Prix in September or October or whatever it would actually just be a, a cluster Grand Prix, which would be neat. Yeah, I mean, that's what they, it's kind of what they did with Reflect Refrain, right? Kind of. They, uh, <laughs> The problem with Reflect Refrain is they, they rotated, but Reflect Refrain was still in the current cluster, and it's like, wow, <laughs> Reflect is still the best ruler. Whoa, they're like, oh, no. <laughs> what have we done? Uh, but, don't worry, don't worry. We have a counter coming out. Okay. Next there. Here's Black Moonbeam. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking is there hasn't really been in this new cluster any like specific card that replaces the Arendite, yeah. uh, Lorite type of void that's in some shape or form, has been kind of brown and far so So I feel like we, that it would have to come out in the next set for them to be able to do that, because without that, then we got a lot of other possibilities that could be happening, which yeah. could be good. Maybe taking away that ability to cancel uh, lets other decks roam more free that, that would uh, counter those other decks that otherwise wouldn't or something, but... Yeah, on like on the one hand, where like I'm super anti-alter because when it's on my opponent's field, I just don't like 
their decisions are so much easier than mine now uh, because like they know it's in their deck and I have to play around so much more. Um, looking at just Alice Origins as a whole, there's really not a lot of reactive cards at all, like you're saying. So when if you do just rotate, like the amount of things that I'm capable of doing on my opponent's turn is so low, but the amount of powerful things I can do on my turn is ridiculously high. Just because like playing a Regalia is one of the most powerful things I can do. It's going to activate two abilities from my ruler, it's going to give me two mana to use that I can use on other cards, and none of the, the Sword Arts or Mage Arts are super good that are instant. It's like Light of Raisin Revive is not bad. I think Machines <laughs> has a, a like a, a like pull out a one drop from your deck at instant speed, which is like okay you know there's really not much that you're doing on your opponent's turn that is just better than playing your regalia doing judgment god's arting just all of that is just like super super proactive stuff and i'm a little worried that we're going too far on the other side where alter is super reactive super big brain super thinking about my opponent's outs a, a strictly alice origins cluster is play my regalia judgment for zero do as much as i can all right pass you do it now <laughs> see who wins you know it's a little yeah. spooky. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I, cause, and I guess we haven't really done much in the way of, uh, or at least it's been a while since we did anything in the way of pre-releases, all scrutinized. So I haven't even gotten like a good feel outside of the most recent thing we did of like what the set feels like to play just on its own inside of a cluster yeah. uh, without any of the new stuff. So that's, yeah, a good point that it... It, it's sort of about these sort of big explosions rather than this constant like back and forth it's more of like a here, here's a bunch yeah. of stuff that just happened uh, good luck with that type of deal yeah pretty much uh, <clears throat> if, you, if you've played Melgus you kind of know what's going on it's just a different flavor of Melgus for everything like Melgus is flip and you're dead and it's like oh okay Machina is like flip and now my board is huge I have a 2020 you're not touching me I'll kill you next turn Prisia <laughs> is like flip now my board is doubled or just play super burning beast rush and see if i win the game by flipping coins uh, arla <laughs> is flip pull out a board it's like do you get through me and kill me or do i kill you next turn with my seven strangers i cheated into play rezard is flip and put in a griffin get two stones and then god's art and kill your board and i've also got dudes like it's just very much like if you're flipping you want to be killing the opponent if not, they're probably just going to flip back on you, and then it's whoever did their like setup better. Did Prissia get enough friendship counters? Did Arla get enough strangers removed? Did Rezard put enough zombies on the field? It's like you're, you're, they're all fighting to do their, their little gimmick before they do their flip and then try and kill you, but it's all just so kind of linear, proactive, and just like doing the same thing every time. And it's a little bit different from what we're used to, for sure, for the past couple of years. Yeah, did it? It's a good point. I, I like I'm looking at the top eight list again, and I am noticing that there's only was it two or three that are actually rulers from this cluster. Yeah, and the rest are from last cluster. It's entirely which, because of power of mortality, because the card's just so good for one mana. Honestly, yeah, it's one of those things where the rune deck was just, in my opinion, I I, I still love the rune deck. I know some people uh, it looks like don't are glad for it to be rotating stuff but like mm -hmm. it's also just such a solid mechanic that it's hard to move away from that unless this cluster also did that and i tried to do like a different type of thing but made it random so by definition it's really hard to get close to that good yeah. um consistency for rune deck especially with cards like instead of uh power of immortality but uh what um or did you have anything to say also no. Okay. <laughs> to, to put into, uh, I'm trying to put it into perspective of, uh, so 
uh, I guess, two different ends of this. So um, on one end, at, at a, we'll say out of out of ten, we'll say a one out of ten, we've got a sherry format okay. during that time, and then at ten, we'll put the the middle of a lapis cluster format. Uh, if that's the one to ten scale. Um, where would you say the format is currently as far as meta? Obviously, we don't have a lot to go off of, but based on this GP, and I'm sure you've been testing and have experiences in that, and what would you put it as, like, the potential of the meta, especially, like, uh, next set or post-rotation uh, with the cars we're working with? I, I'm confused on your scale. Is it just from bad to worse? No, no, no. Like, Shahrazad, no. it's like, it's, there's only one deck, and then Middle of Labs Cluster is like, you've got Valentina, you've got Lumia, you've okay. got Fox. It was when it. it was like, hey, there's a GP. Oh, I forgot that ruler existed, and it got first yeah, place. There was like okay. seven rulers in the top eight of every event, and there was like okay. eight different decks, and it was like, you know, the Golden Days format? Yeah, I was following. Yeah. I was following. I um, remember that. That was, that was a lot of fun following the <laughs> GPs during that season, and then it just what was it when fox came out and it just went no when when fox came out was like the best time because we didn't have demonic when... dead yet yeah because we had Lydia. oh yeah. right it was when prissia came out which was like right. literally we only had three months and then prissia came out and it was all ruined it was all doomed but uh, then there was like some time after prissia came out where we got tree and like you could play prissia and tree and fox and lumia but yeah if there um, if there was like a memoir for Force of Will, it would just be always called so close. It's like Force of Will was like garbage. almost kush. Yeah, almost it's always set three. It's always it's always Prissian set three. Uh, I guess Reflect was set two. What was set three? Shahrazad was set three, and now Sigurd um, was set three. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good. I point. don't know. I think I'd put it. It's so it's so hard to say because. I think Alter is, like, very clearly the best thing you can be doing. And it also, like, just suits the play style of a lot of top players because it, it has so many decisions you can make that, like, if you're better than your opponent, it gives you more expression to beat them. But I don't think that Melgus is unplayable. I don't think that Prissy is unplayable. I don't think that Arla is unplayable. I just haven't played around with them enough against each other to know if one of them is just clearly the best Divinity deck or the best uh, Stranger deck. Um, so, like... I, I think Arla can beat the, the Alder decks. I think I think even uh, Melgus probably can, um, but it's just like not consistently enough for anyone with like the skill to want to top a G to be able to top a GP to want to play that deck and like kind of sometimes, you, like sometimes you just leave fate outside of your own hands where you're like, wow, I mold five and I didn't see my Regalia. I actually lose. It doesn't matter how good I am, but that just doesn't happen when you play a Divinity deck. So uh, I'd probably put it like a five where it's like in the middle of the pack where like. It's definitely not one deck, but it's definitely not seven decks. There's probably only like two actually, two or three actually playable stranger decks if you're really trying to be competitive about it. But you still have to prepare for everything. It's it's not as bad yeah. as Shahrazad. We're like, oh, you like, oh, yeah. you could play Kirik, but it, it like there are like if I went to an event and I played seven rounds, I would expect to play a decent number of decks, but I would still only expect like three decks to top because I think there would be more consistent and clearly just a little bit more powerful than everything else. Would you say this format's better for, when, when Sherry was uh, around, like even going to our locals was like, if they flipped over Sherry, you're like, oh boy, okay. And it was sort of like that trickle down to the local level. Do you think right. no, this I specific think... format is better at the local level? Oh, and for sure. For sort sure. of waters down once you get way up there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. Uh, I don't know if we had a format that was similar to that. Maybe 
maybe like the the format where Gil was popular and like nobody played Gil at locals. Yeah, you you could play <laughs> well, Gil at locals. There was a lot of thinking. If, <laughs> if you played Gil at locals, like not only were you an asshole for one, but number two, some <laughs> player was probably still gonna trash you. So like you just didn't do it, right? Uh, it feels yeah, a bit more yeah. like that, where there probably is like a best deck, but you can get away with playing a lot. You can play Melgus, you can play Prisia, you can play Arla, you can play Rezard, you can play probably Machines. You can even <laughs> probably play Faria. You can't play Lenneth, though. I, I, will draw, I will draw my line in the sand at Lenneth. You're not allowed to play Lenneth. And then there's still, like, Isis is still okay. Fuji awesome. is not unplayable. Like, it's you've got options across the board. Um, I, I think it's, at the local level, extremely, extremely diverse. Um, yeah, it's, uh, like, us talking about this is definitely making me wish, or miss, uh, playing cards and stuff like that, yeah. and just being, <laughs> going to locals and being like, oh, that, that, oh, he's playing Gil, okay, that's cool, I guess, um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, that's cool, did, um, are you gonna be doing a lot of, do you think you'll be doing a lot of uh, practicing or testing, or are you gonna sort of wait till we actually get news of when another event will be and then drop back into the more competitive side of it again um i'm not really sure yet uh i always like being competitive and like uh this event probably wouldn't have been one that i would have played in under normal circumstances but the cash prizes were super good because games and geeks is awesome about that and because i just haven't played in an event in like six months i was just dying to get some cardboard in my hand so um, if there is an event in like August, I'm probably more likely to commentate it. Um, and I just haven't been super like I just hate playing online and I hate playtesting online because I, I really do want the cards in my hands. It's like half the mm -hmm. fun of, of card games in my opinion. Um, yeah. So yeah, in terms of like how hard I'm gonna try, I, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I just hope Worlds is still happening. So. <laughs> so, so given an event, I like, say Minnesota, right? So yeah, I think Minnesota is in happening? August or September. Yeah, let's assume it's happening. There's nothing interfering it, um, which I think still has planned right now. I think so. Yeah. Um, is somebody gonna? Is there? Is there a, a hidden deck or gem that exists that may show up and just stomp everything out? That's outside of what we saw. It's outside of what we Possibility. saw. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Isis is really good. Actually, I think it's uh, it can sneak up in there because there there's it it does a lot of similar things to what like it's like a. Lars, Lars is the Isis expert, and I just like played against his deck, and his deck was absolute trash. But I'm sure it was like a first draft, and I know he's probably got something in the works for it. But I think Isis is still really good because it produces mana, um, and it just like takes advantage of people tapping out very well, and is also very reactive. So I think that's kind of where my money would be. Um, I did actually play against the Prisia at the GP, um, and I was kind of underwhelmed by it because Kagi is a good card, so. Uh, I think there's a, a bunch of Divinity decks that aren't specifically like Brunhild or Hanzo that could just be very, very good. And I think Melgus is actually still something to keep an eye out for in general. Which, like, if you were at the event, you played against Melgus. But if you only look at the top eight, you're like, oh, there's no Melgus here. Melgus will be bad. Like, no, Melgus is terrifying. <laughs> Interesting. Um, did uh, you have any last thoughts, Oscar? Uh, just a lot of people always, you know, look at the results of the top eight and kind of lose sight on what was like nine through sixteen of the things that could have made it that just didn't well, have. No one lost know, sight enough. of who was nine, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, 
<laughs> you got me. You got me distracted. Everybody, <laughs> you know, always wants to see what those were, so they can see what almost made it and like what almost could have competed yeah. with everything. I, I know at that event, um, ninth and tenth both had records that could have made top eight. It was just a matter of tiebreakers. Ninth place was obviously Will. Um, he was actually on Arla, so there was a really close chance that there would have been two Arla in top eight. Um, mm-hmm. And I was I've talked a little bit. I think that deck is pretty good. Has a lot of legs. Um, but it's just like Regalia or Bust, right? And then 10th was just another another Hanzo deck. It was pretty much the same deck that actually won the event, so it's kind of like no surprise there. Yeah. Nothing nothing too spicy, but there was a Prissia that lost its winner in. That was um, someone that I actually drew against in round five. Uh, so I know like Prissia made top 16, which is kind of cool, but it's like, it's just, it's just so hard because the only reactive tools that exist to really beat Sigurd are Kagia and Erendite. So if you're playing a non-divinity deck, you have to be blue, and like the best non-divinity decks are aggro in Melgus and Prissia. So like they don't really get to play blue and be consistent enough at being aggressive. Um, like the Arla decks that we saw were playing blue, were playing for Erendite, but they they get to they get to be a bit more reactive. They have Earthly Flash, they have Awakening of the Winged Lord. They get to play more instant speed. So when they leave mana up. They still get to be proactive while holding up the Erendite to beat the Sigurd. Um, and then Rezard was just doing Sigurd things. So, like, that's the that's the full spectrum of the playable Stranger decks, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we'll uh, wrap it up here, because I know you got something to... Some stuff to do, but do. Uh, thanks a lot for, for coming on and, and uh, uh, letting people know what more... Uh, competitive stuff looks like. Um, I'll, also, oh, yeah. before we go, like I, I don't know if I talked about it in the first part of it, but you're you created some content recently, right? You're I kind did. Of, yes, I'm trying to then? trying to do some more of that. Hopefully, um, at least like once a week. Just uh, yeah, it was it was a top ten video on uh, what the best cards were in New Frontiers. Yeah, and I'll have a a, a link to that in the description below uh, for anyone who wants to go visit your channel who isn't already there. Um, because we, we talked about at the beginning what your next video might be, so that sounds pretty <laughs> yeah. interesting. Hopefully. I, it's, it's like turning out to be a bigger project than I thought it was going to be, so we'll see how it goes. Might be a, might That's be how a lot of this turns out to be right. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, if you guys are a patron, be sure to tune into the our Patreon mini-podcast where we'll have some uh, interesting and relevant uh, things to talk about. Uh, and... We'll see you guys next time. Bye. See ya.